0: for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
1: Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm sorry, just chuckling, reading this headline. Just came out a little bit just here in the last hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Brian Flood and uh, uh, David Roots from uh, Fox News. After declaring Trump a unique threat, some liberal media now are declaring DeSantis even more dangerous. <laughs> if everyone is the second coming of Hitler or fill-in-the-blank dictator from yesteryear, then no one is. <laughs> I love that quote to, to start out this article. Uh, just a couple of sentences here. Many mainstream media pundits have spent years insisting former President Trump is a dangerous threat to the republic, often often comparing him to the worst people to ever walk the earth. But as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has emerged as a viable threat to lead the GOP presidential ticket in 2024, he's regularly painted as even more sinister than Trump. Hmm. For much of the uh, establishment media today... There is a need to create a boogeyman out of whichever right-of-center politician is most likely to disrupt their preferred ideological vision, said DePaul University journalism professor Jeffrey McCall. Trump made it easy for the progressive media to attack him as a threat to democracy. But even before that, the ideological-driven media made out George W. Bush and presidential candidates John McCain and Mitt Romney, of all people, As dangerous threats to the media's preferred order, McCall continued. The left of summer media is now going after DeSantis as a sort of preemptive strike to establish a narrative that can be continued should DeSantis emerge as a GOP nominee. Remember, it was Bill Maher who said, yeah, yeah, we, uh, you know, we said Bush was Hitler and Romney was Hitler, but Mm -hmm. we really didn't mean it, but Bush or Bush, but Trump is. Right. Remember that
0: one. Yeah. And, and that's his, exactly how they're going to behave with DeSantis if he mm-hmm. becomes the nominee. That's how it goes. Of course, they start. you start early because of the threat that he might become the nominee.
2: MSNBC's David Jolly has repeatedly said DeSantis is far more dangerous than Trump. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know there was such a thing on the left. The Huffington Post published an opinion piece bluntly headlined, no one is more dangerous for the White House than Ron DeSantis, including Donald Trump. Oh, wow. Which said the Florida governor is a more informed, tactical, uh, is more informed, tactical, and calculated, which makes him way more dangerous. Imagine Donald Trump with brains and savvy. Dustin Seabird wrote, imagine Trump, but with a stalwart dedication towards legislation that moves a country in a direction that should terrify most reasonable human beings, end of quote.
0: Uh-huh. Well, this, you know, this is actually is- also something that Bill Maher said, the left fears Ron DeSantis because this guy reads.
2: Well, I just what I find it funny is, I mean, they, I think the media loves it when they can say that that. Uh, Desantis is more evil mm-hmm. and more dangerous to a to a democracy because Trump was, but Trump was stupid. Right, he didn't. He couldn't and DeSan- get things right. done. And the, the media loves it. That, right, you yeah. know that you know yeah. the, they they question his ability to de- so to be able to insult Trump while at the same time panning Desantis as the most evil. Then they get both of what they want. Right. Well,
0: uh, you could argue for the left that's why they don't want Biden he can't get the agenda done so on the right they fear that Ron DeSantis is going to get the agenda done
2: political analyst Matthew Dowd claimed DeSantis is far more dangerous than Trump because he's smart and more strategic while ex-MSNBC host Tiffany Cross has suggested DeSantis is more dangerous because Trump was simply a useful idiot see there you go you get yeah, that you know. right yeah he's an idiot. But right. DeSantis is more dangerous. Yeah. that's. They
0: He's get, more effective in the agenda.
2: They get both of their shots in. Yeah. Uh, Vox pondered if DeSantis is Trump 2.0. Tufts Daily wrote, Ron DeSantis is no better than Donald Trump. The Chicago Tribune published a letter suggesting DeSantis may be more dangerous than Trump. Vanity Fair's Molly J- Young Fast declared that DeSantis shouldn't be covered just like any other Republican presidential candidate, because he is so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it turns out that being slightly less disgusting, a, uh, a good bit more coherent uh, than Trump, is a viable GOP lane. DeSantis is like Shakespeare compared to the former president. He doesn't talk about grabbing people by their genitals or dating their daughter. In fact, I'd go as far to say uh, these days... That uh, Trump is the poor man's DeSantis, which is pretty ironic because DeSantis uh, created himself in the image of Trump. She wrote, "God, these people are just idiots." <laughs> Liberal blog salon, just to show you already how it's how it's hitting. And we said this is going to happen. Whoever you know, whoever uh, uh, they believe is a challenger to Trump or follows Trump, as hmm. we always stated they would get, you know, we would hear the same thing. Yeah. Well yeah, Trump was bad, but this guy's worse. Right. And then when DeSantis is done, it'll be well, DeSantis was horrible. I mean he was he was Hitler times he was no he was DeSantis was Trump. They won't even use Hitler anymore. They'll just mm-hmm. substitute Trump for it.
0: <laughs> well I mean DeSantis was a worse Trump. <laughs> well that's you know that's the thing is that they, they go after right now it is Uh, These MAGA Republicans, these MAGA Republicans, these MAGA Republicans. So what you try and do is that if in the event that, that Trump is not the nominee and DeSantis is the guy, well, he's just like Trump. And then you build up to, well, no, he's much worse than Trump. Because if Trump is no longer in the game, then he's not a threat. Then you have to make him softer and then, of course, make the guy who is the threat even worse.
2: Liberal Blog Salon published a piece headlined, Donald Trump makes Ron DeSantis so much more dangerous, Mm -hmm. which featured a subhead noting that the choice between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump is the equivalent of choosing between being stabbed or shot. Washington Post (laughs) columnist Max Boot wrote last year, DeSantis is smarter than Trump, which makes him more of a threat. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I like this one. Uh, MSNBC's columnist Michael Cohen published an opinion piece titled, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is far more dangerous than Donald Trump. The NBC columnist called DeSantis quite possibly the most dangerous figure in American politics. Yeah. Hmm. DeSantis brings something to the table that Trump lacks his ability to translate political vindictiveness, cruelty, and demagoguery into policy results. Uh, Nobody has asked, though, they've had in the article, nobody's talked about the fact that how did he get all these Democrats to vote for him if he is this way?
0: Mm.
2: No. No matter the GOP nominee in 2024, uh, this is from the Newsbusters managing editor. No matter who the GOP nominee in 2024, the liberal media will never give them a fair shake, reiterating that the trend goes back decades. It doesn't matter whether they were a rock rib conservative like Ronald Reagan, an outsider like Donald Trump, a known commodity like George Herbert Walker Bush or George W. Bush or so-called moderate like Mitt Romney or the late John McCain. No matter who you are, the media will assume the worst, descending into near-Hitler status, with the name calling if everyone is the second coming of Hitler or fill in the blank dictator from yesteryear then no one is and nobody buys it anymore
0: right well that's that's the problem is that now people are actually asking the question well why and on the issues you're not going to win this well, is why by the way this is why the left fears Ron DeSantis more because he is smarter, and he knows that he can engage on the
2: issues and win. Trey Radel, a former Republican congressman from Florida who served alongside DeSantis, joked that even Mother Teresa would have been roasted in the press if she ran for president under the GOP banner. She would be, Mother Teresa would be a racist, misogynist, far-right Nazi, far more dangerous than Trump and DeSantis combined. Oh, yeah. If she started to rise in the polls. Right. Yeah, can you imagine? How dare you? Because she is using her near-sainthood status to promote Mm -hmm. the far-right Nazi ideology of the Republican Party.
0: I mean, they they would start by calling her a bigot because her religion says this and her (laughs) religion says
2: that. Now, they can't explain why you're a Nazi. They just call you a Nazi. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And DeSantis is far more dangerous because he doesn't believe that children uh, should be taught sexualized. This is what is radical to the Democratic Party. Okay, you don't believe that five-year-olds should be taught sexualized content? You're a radical! You don't believe children should be able to make the decision for self-mutilation of their genitals? Yeah. at ten years old, yeah. you're a radical. Mm-hmm. You're Nazi. You're Hitler. Yeah, you're Mussolini. Didn't somebody call him Mussolini?
0: Yeah, all we, the above. Because because we were
2: like happy that they at yeah. least moved on. somebody moved on from Hitler and called him Mussolini.
0: The devil. You know, I mean, but then if they call him the devil, that implies they believe in religion. So. <laughs> It's, it, it is
2: <laughs>
0: so predictable. Yeah, it is. It's because the more radical their agenda becomes, the more the truth is a threat by anyone. And they would rather have Trump as the nominee because they believe Trump would lose to Biden. But they also believe if Trump wins, that he's going to be on social media debating people. And he's not really going to get anything done because he doesn't have the full support of his party. That's what they believe. They believe DeSantis can form a consensus, and to them, that is so dangerous.
2: Eight six six ninety red eye. Some encouraging news on the condition of the nation's winter wheat crop. It's still bad, but getting a bit better. Some of the benefit from the rains
0: in
1: the Great Plains now being felt in areas where the crop is not yet mature.
2: USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says this past week we saw a significant increase in the winter wheat rated in good to excellent condition. The number there 34 percent a week ago that was 31 percent. Meanwhile just 35 percent of the crop currently rated very poor to poor down sharply from last week's 40 percent. And that puts this year's crop suddenly in better shape than at least on paper compared to this time a year ago when we were at 29% good to excellent and 40% very poor to poor. A big improvement in the Oklahoma crop, just 27% rating poor to very poor. Compare that to 52% a week ago. But no good news for the Kansas crop. 69% of it rated poor to very poor for two weeks in a row. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of
1: Agriculture.
0: This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866 90 Redeye on Red Eye Radio.
2: Fred Eye Radio. Good morning. He's Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara. Just dying laughing. The uh, AOC going uh, pretty uh, crazy yesterday, lashing out at a Twitter parody account impersonating uh, her. And uh, as she said, it's impersonating me and going viral. And uh, she believes it should be taken down. I checked. You know, there's a ton of AOC parody accounts. Not just this one. I thought there was just one. Then I checked. Yeah. There's a a ton of them Mm -hmm. out there. But uh, apparently she said that uh, Elon Musk uh, had uh, communicated or something, had engaged it, uh, boosting visibility. And I don't know if he responded to the parody account, whatever. And it it boosted the visibility. And she said, uh, I mean, some of the things being, they're just hilarious.
0: Yeah, a, a parody account is, is fine. They don't have a rule against a parody.
2: Account. Yeah, and that's what they said. There is no, and it clearly says parody on it. Right, yeah. But, I mean, it is just. I I, I think
0: that's, you know, that's one of the things about uh, the way it's set up now. You can set a, a parody account. If it gets any viral activity at all, it's going to take off. Uh, she's just going to have to live with it. Sorry,
2: <laughs> just some of the ones of the thing, things they've written. The Russians who put all those fake pictures of Hunter Biden and the underage hookers on his laptop must be arrested. Of course. Why are people so upset at Target for selling LGBT products for children? Where else is a six-month-old member of the LGBT community supposed to <laughs> shop? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I- <laughs> they were just <laughs> and they were responding to her too. Yeah. And then yeah. it was like AOC blocked cuz she was yeah. responding first and then right. she blocked it's AOC yeah. blocked you. Yeah. You were now blocked. And then, then the parody account shows the block and says I won. <laughs> I, I love I, it. I,
0: yeah. Um there was a mini AOC and it was a it was a young girl. That that one is years old. The, the young girl that was playing mini OC oh, yeah. is, I don't know, I don't know how she would be now, but she's, but that goes back, I don't know, at least four or five years. <laughs> and
2: then this is the parody account from AOC. If you want to know why my account lost its blue check today, uh, that's easy. Me and Elon Musk broke up. Thank God Thank God we made up and I got my blue check back within an hour. A big shout out to my Big E. I love you, Snookums. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's funny.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> if you ever see the comedian, and it was a viral video, this comedian that does a dead-on Ben Shapiro impression? no oh it is over the top great and ben shapiro tweeted it saying it's the funniest thing he's ever seen and this goes back a few years
2: i've never seen it is
0: so hilarious and the comedian was kind of surprised that that shapiro tweeted it out how do you not lean into it right oh yeah yeah i mean aoc can't do that but have fun
2: with it all right some of the just a couple more the the uh The parody tweets from the AOC parody site Yeah, that drove her crazy yesterday. (laughs) Imagine believing that you know more about science than Greta Thunberg. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Here's another one. It's time we stop spending taxpayer money and start spending the government's money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, the problem, the, the reason that AOC can't lean into it because... It's funny because it's true, right? And she yeah. can't acknowledge the truth yeah. of the whole thing. She would be slamming Greta if she retweeted that tweet, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. She's, she's, which is why she's angry. She has to confront the truth.
2: This may be my favorite one. To make windmills more effective, when the wind doesn't blow, we should just have helicopters hover over each of them and keep them turning (laughs) (laughs) year-round. I love it. Uh,
0: And and flashlights on the solar panels.
2: (laughs) And finally, the last one. From the AOC Parody website. Yeah. I went to the beach this morning and the water was really low. I went back this evening and the water was really high. This is 100% proof that global warming is real. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: great deals hey i have a great find in your bargain hunting journey book online at motel6.com use the code cpredeye to get 15 percent off your stay at motel 6 or studio 6 with almost 1500 locations across the country there's almost always a motel 6 or or Studio 6 nearby, and truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code Eye. that's the letters cp Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
1: You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
2: And he's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. So a couple of things uh, today. The uh, debt ceiling vote will take place. We don't have even an estimate of what the the numbers uh, will be. You don't hear that I haven't seen any article that the vote is in uh, in harm of going down. No. I haven't seen anything like that. No, I haven't
0: seen that. Um, you would think we would see that. So what that likely means is uh, that there are enough Democrats. Democrats and Republicans to get this thing done easily. And it, likely in both the House and the Senate, Schumer has already said there is support for it, so... If he's able to, and I I don't see why he wouldn't be able to, whip enough votes on the left, you have enough uh, GOP members on it as well, and they get it done and get it behind him. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, I just, I was surprised that with the vote in committee, that not one Democrat, because this is not the Republican plan. This is the negotiated plan between the president mm-hmm. and the Republicans. Yeah. And you didn't see one Democrat vote for it. Yeah. On the committee. Right.
1: Yeah. Now,
2: I don't know whether it was before or after that. I saw Schumer come out and say, we fully support the plan in the Senate. And I was thinking, yeah, well, right. wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Democrats in the Senate, they sort of have to support it because they basically gave up their constitutional duty to come up with the bill and then negotiate with the republican house yeah they sort of gave it they not sort of they gave it to the president yep It'd be pretty tough to give it to the president and say look we don't want to do our job you do our job for us we don't like the job you did right yeah uh
0: it's likely going to go that way and i would expect it to after debate today i They'll have a, a vote at some point in the House, send it over to the Senate. I don't know what the timeline is for the Senate, but it will be soon. It will, if not late tonight, tomorrow, I would think.
2: Well, they said she, now the Treasury Secretary said till the 5th. Yeah. So they have plenty of time to get it done. And the president mm-hmm. would sign it mm-hmm. on uh, on Friday and say, I was always willing to negotiate with the Republicans.
0: Right. Yeah. This is what it looks like when we work together. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> See, I brought everybody together.
2: As Corrine Jump here yeah. yesterday saying uh-huh. that the president's always been willing yeah. to negotiate with the Republicans on it. Then the RNC put out, we played it earlier in the show, put out that audio of her, she must have said it 30 times, no negotiation, no negotiation, no negotiation, no negotiation, no negotiation. Right.
0: Well, it's interesting because... We said going into the long weekend one of the tells is going to be if Biden over the weekend comes to an agreement. Because the GOP like it or not had already done their thing. A democratically democratically controlled Senate is uh, MIA. They weren't there to do anything they handed everything over to biden so it meant that biden had to play that was biden playing the ball in his court at that time over the weekend now he could have played that two different ways nope gonna take the long weekend camp david and then at home and then memorial day and then tuesday we'll take it back up again and announce a and and i i didn't know Either way, but I knew that if there was an, a, an agreement announced over the weekend, it would show you that, okay, we've got to get this behind us, that Biden believes they've got to get it behind us. It's not a win for the base of either side. Mm-mm. So it kind of ends the back and forth is all it does, the back and forth in the media. It's not a win for the GOP. None of us who are conservatives call this a win. Far from it. But the Democrats can't can't call this a win either. And I think that's the situation they were looking at and thinking, "All right, look, get it behind you, move on. You're not gonna you're not gonna get anything else done."
2: The win of substance is when you have Congress or at least the Republicans come up with a plan. Whether it's rejected or not, stating this is what we have to do in order to not have fiscal Armageddon, yeah. which means they will have to look at entitlements. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the problem, too. You know, you have Republicans, conservative Republicans, you have Chip Roy and others saying, we can't support this, we can't support this. Well, what would you support? Are you saying that you would now support, uh, you know, uh, re- rewriting how the entitlements programs are run, uh, you know, in this country in order to do it. Because if you're not, all you're saying is I'm going a little bit further right on the symbolism of this all yeah. on the political symbolism and not the substance, uh, On the, not the substance on it. I know uh, Rand Paul said he's going to, you know, come up with a plan for the Senate. We'll mm-hmm. see what that is. I'd love to see what uh, that is and whether he would actually get to it. But the other problem, even for conservatives, as we stated yesterday, is the vast majority of republicans and democrats both believe falsely that the budget and and fiscal insanity can be averted by just getting rid of foreign aid and wasteful spending yeah that is so far from the truth but both majorities of both parties believe that we did the polling About a month ago, Mm -hmm. we had the polling a couple months or -hmm. or about a month ago on that. Mm -hmm. And and we've followed polling on that closely. We've stated that for the longest time. That's what the majority that's the populist version, which is not based on any type of financial truth at all. Right. About what the situation is with the budget and what the growing part of the budget really is and the things that we are going to have to face. But we have pushed that down the road, Social Security and Medicare, for the last forty years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've seen it coming for the longest time. We still see it coming. Yeah, yeah. And so what we what we do now is okay. Uh, how can I how can I virtue signal from the right or the left? Because that's what it is. It's a symbolic move to say, well, I would do this. Or I would have cut the IRS in half. Well, you're still not solving the ultimate problem that Republicans claim they wish to solve, which is moving in the right direction to save this country from a fiscal Armageddon. And in order to do so, you have to confront the entitlement programs. Yeah. Yep. And nobody's willing to do that. And if you're not, then anything to me is just pure symbolism to the right or to the left? Well, it's well to the left. They don't care. Right. They're, they're not trying to do. The left isn't trying to solve the problem, right? Or even claiming to try to solve the problem.
0: Well, you're you're adding to the problem if you're not addressing it now. I mean, they should have right. been addressing it years ago. But with right. every day,
2: what did they tell Rick Scott? Shut up! You
0: can't. You can't say anything about it. Can't say anything about it.
2: Can't say you're going to do anything to Social Security and Medicare. Right. Trump said that. hmm We're not going to do anything. You're going to have to. I mean, to sit there and make people cheer go, yeah, all right, all right. Oh, good. Sit in your delusion that, that. Uh, it, well, as far as I'm concerned, Republicans don't accuse the Democrats and, and the liberals of mathematics with feelings because you're doing the same thing on the budget if you state that we don't have to touch – social security medicare doesn't have to be touched or changed in any way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's com- you're you're doing math with feelings then, too. Well, you're
0: you're saying that you're in denial uh if you say that and you're likely not going to be in office then. Which is the case for Trump or Biden or anybody else that's of that age, you're not going to be in office or holding that office. You're not going to be holding that office then. It becomes a problem for people like Byron Donalds if he plans on staying staying in office uh, and wants to further his career and and uh, go to a different office. It becomes a, it is a something that has to be adre- addressed. Yeah. And politically, you're going to have to do something about it. There is
2: ignoring it is adding to the problem. If you say that we are not going to change the benefits in Social Security. You can say that as long as you say, but here's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Premiums are going to have to go up drastically. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to move the age back eventually, probably another five years. Mm
0: -hmm. And then eventually you're still going to have to deal with the benefits. Yeah. Which they would start with, all right, means test. If you've got this much in wealth. Then well, you qualify. You, would, you don't get what well, you
2: paid into. Well, you would be messing with the benefits if you moved it back five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because you wouldn't right. be collecting it. That's what I mean. 66 anymore. Eventually, You'd be you've got to get 70 or
0: 71. Exactly. Eventually, right. you've got to get to talking
1: about, about the, benefits. the
0: benefits. Right. The the You've got to talk about paying. It's uh, Managing the the revenue is a smaller, a much smaller part of, than, than it, it is about... Who's going to get the money, Mm
2: -hmm. both politically and realistically? Very quickly here. So your buddy's leaving the Border Patrol, your friend. Yes,
0: Uh, Raul Ortiz has announced that he is retiring. It's interesting because um, he hit uh, 32 years of service in the Border Patrol, May 13th. And 32 years seems to be that that mark for a lot of longtime servants uh, I know here in the state of Texas, I, I had a friend who was a DPS trooper and retired after 32 years. Uh, but uh,
2: he's leaving. He's, he's retiring. A, yeah, he's a U.S. Border Patrol US chief. U.S.
0: Border Patrol right. chief. And he has he was uh, born in Del Rio. Uh, we went to high school together in Del Rio. Uh, he was a Border Patrol agent uh, He uh, for many years and then became sector chief. Rio Grande sector, uh, the Del Rio sector, then deputy chief, and then when his boss retired uh, a couple of years ago, he became the chief of the U.S. Border Patrol. Uh, Roughly 20,000, 19, 20,000 agents or so that are under his command at the Border Patrol. He testified
2: Um, in front of the House about a month ago and was very blunt. Yep. Very blunt in what he And I'm sure sure the administration was not happy, but he testified under oath as a, about what the situation was at the border. He's not a politician.
0: Nope. No, he's not. Uh, he is an agent's agent. And I think one of the, the conundrums you get into at that level though, of being the chief is that when the agents want change and you're helpless to do anything about it, if there's something or if there's nothing that you can do, then of course, uh, you take the hit for that. Uh, but I think he has been like most agents who serve at any level. I think he has been uh, very true to the job. Uh, we'll see, you know, where where history rates him. Um, but uh, it's not a surprise to those of us who know him, but have been watching that clock of where mm-hmm. he would retire. Uh, he hit 32 years service, and this is kind of where everybody thought. Yep, this could be a good point for him uh, retiring, and he will retire at the end of
2: June. 86690
1: Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's on our radio, And finally, the story CNN headed yesterday. These women wanted a symbolic expression of self-love, so they married themselves. We've seen this story before, but mm. CNN, all these different women that decided to marry themselves. Are guys marrying themselves, or is this just a woman thing?
0: I, I don't know, but the divorce is going to be weird.
2: Yeah. And I'm single, but I'm not going to marry myself. I want to live with myself for a while. To see how it all works out first. Yeah. Go slow. You I'm, don't you don't know where you've been. No, but I know myself and I'm not ready to commit. Yeah. I have I've, I have some major flaws that I don't know whether I could accept well, if I married myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I were single. What a stupid.
2: What a stupid thing marrying yourself.
0: Yeah. I do. <laughs> I would hesitate.
2: Do you have to say it twice? <laughs> say your vowels twice. Well, I've got yeah. guts. I committed to myself and you didn't.
0: Yeah. Huh? Well, there's only one song you can play at the reception. <laughs> Billy Idol. Oh. Dancing with myself. Okay. Yeah. It's the only one. That's it. Or... Leslie Gore, it's my party. I'll cry if I want to. (laughs) Well, that went south quickly. (laughs) Have a nice day. Yes.
1: (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.